Hey there. Cameron, I re- I'd recognize that voice anywhere. It's me from school. Oh, yeah. I remember now. Uh, is Carlos here? I don't hear him. He shows as being on the call. Oh, really? Yeah. Carlos, blink once if you can hear it. Twice <laughs> if you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we can totally see him. Oh, it says he's unavailable. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's probably it. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hey. Well, hey. <laughs> it's good to see you. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast for artists who may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And we have a special guest with us today. My name is Carlos Jones. Hello, Carlos. Carlos. Hey, Carlos. <laughs> he, Carlos is kind enough to come on our show to provide some... Uh, some domain expertise in in yeah. uh, reggae. Some any legitimacy at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Na- I guess I know a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nathan, it- Nathan mm-hmm. was like, "We should talk about Bob Marley," and I was like, "That sounds like a good idea." Just like two white dudes um, talking about <laughs> the, <laughs> about reggae for uh, ten weeks with no sort of uh, guidance or accountability. Right. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good way to learn, right? Yeah. yeah. So then we, uh, w- one of us was like, "Well, obviously, we have a very." Um, a very generous resource uh, that we should try <laughs> to tap for this and also mm-hmm. would be a good hang if you join us and set us on the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. in addition to being my father-in-law, Carlos Jones is also, I like to call him the reggae king of Cleveland. I, <laughs> I don't know if he, if he would self-proclaim that title, but uh, he's... Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> it, it seems to have been thrust upon me, you know, some in some some strange reason. But mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've been at it for a good forty years now here playing reggae wow. in Cleveland. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hey, it, it amazes me to even say it. You know, wow. Hey, how many reggae subjects do you have? Reggae subjects? <laughs> yeah, if like the as reggae the king. king. <laughs> like how oh. many other reggae musicians are See, there? As you can tell, I'm not uh, you know uh, that. Uh, well, well versed in the, uh, the uh, uh, you don't you, know. you don't stand on ceremony. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, you know, I mean, at, at uh, one of our recent shows, um, you know, the the number fifteen thousand was thrown around at just, at just this one show, and I, you know, I was just like, how did that even happen? You know, <laughs> that's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, people turn out for our, our show. Well, especially when they're free, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're free and they're outdoors, you know, it's like it's like the whole community comes out and we just have a ball. That's awesome. When, yeah. When did you when did you start listening to reggae? About the early well mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was uh, when we we moved to Cleveland in '69 and then uh, like around '73 '74, I heard uh, actually the first reggae song I heard was by an artist by the name of Johnny Nash, who was an American artist who went to Jamaica and recorded. Oh. And, and he actually recorded some of Bob Marley's tunes, like Stir It Up, right. uh, uh, Guava Jelly, that kind of stuff. And then so, so you were hearing that stuff on radio in the early 70s. Yeah, that's and like then, just after the album that we're talking about today came out. Okay, like yeah. Like a couple yeah. Of years, yeah. Right on. And then I heard Eric Clapton's version of I Shot the Sheriff before I even heard Bob Marley's version. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. And, so and was it 
No, go ahead, Cameron. That was your first exposure to to reggae. These two, like, yeah, Ameri- yeah. well, I guess Eric Clapton's British, huh? Yeah, right. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But before I even knew knew the term reggae, yeah. you know, I just heard this different kind of music because you know I, I was raised on uh, you know well uh, a lot of um, you know blues, soul, gospel, mm-hmm. and, and even uh, you know the Beatles was one of my huge uh, influences back in the early days. But uh, mm-hmm. I heard this different kind of beat, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So was it was it a like sort of love at first listen or did you how did you like start getting into the playing of the reggae? Well, it was because, um, you know, my introduction to music was through the drums, you know, and and Mm -hmm. mostly hand drums. And so anything with a rhythm excited me, you know. Yeah. Uh, And so when I heard that rhythm, I was like, oh, man, you know, I I need more of this, you know. And so uh, I approached my. Uh, uh, listening to it, uh, usually with uh, playing bongos along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, can you? Well, let me ask you this: Do have you listened to much ska? And can you talk a little bit about the difference between ska and reggae? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because as you well know, or you probably know by now, ska was a precursor to reggae. Yeah, we read and, that. And. Uh, yeah, and uh, so it was a more up-tempo, big band kind of sound, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it it just had uh, this happy, skippy kind of feel to it, and that was the big music of the time, you know, and this was like the 60s, um, you know, when Bob Marley was still a kid, mm-hmm. you know, he ha- hadn't really come on the scene yet, but uh, even when he started out, he was playing some ska music, and you know, bands like the Scatolites and, and uh, uh, Byron Lee and the Dragonairs, you know, those those were huge bands in Jamaica, mm-hmm. and and that was all influenced by uh, you know uh, around the World War II. You know, a lot of the big bands who would tour the world, uh, if they came through Jamaica, you know, they would play their uh, you know bebop and and kind of you know that kind of that kind of thing that was going on mm-hmm. with. Uh, you know, uh, Stan Kenton and, uh, um, you know, all the uh, Tommy Dorsey and all the big band guys of the day. And so uh, that influenced a lot of the early Jamaican musicians. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how Bob Marley is viewed within, like, the like reggae music scene? Like, because, I don't know, that when I was growing up, um, on the West Coast in Oregon, most of the people that I knew that listened to Bob Marley were like fratty stoner, like college kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it, it seemed like he had it to a certain extent, been sort of co-opted by people who didn't necessarily like treat him with a lot of respect, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Because see, a lot of people would treat reggae, you know, they, they would only... Uh, acknowledge it like on a surface level, mm-hmm. you know, and all the iconography that goes with it, like the ganja smoking and the, you know, the 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 colors and the yaman and no problem and easy, you know, every mm-hmm. everything yeah. is cool, the kind of thing. And they didn't really understand the, um, you know, the deep uh, spiritual or or even political significance that went into a lot of his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, it was more the look. And more of the attitude mm-hmm. than the actual uh, cultural uh, significance, you know. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, do you do you so, run into? Um, I know that I in in my um, in my playing of uh, traditional Appalachian music, um, there's a fair amount of um, fetishization of 
Appalachian people and their music and a lot of like kind of false ideas um, sure. about it. And to some extent, I have to engage with people who have those ideas in order to um, in order to make a living. And uh, right, right. Is there any? Do you, do you have any like kind of cognitive dissonance there? Like, what it, what is it like being a reggae musician today, and like knowing that there are a lot of people who have a very shallow appreciation for reggae music? Um, mm-hmm. Like, what do you do about that? Well, you know, I really don't even let it bother me, you know, because I know what it means to me, and I think I I broadcast that through my music and just through the way I am and I think I steer people into deeper waters because of that Mm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah so I I know that uh, people have different levels of understanding or misconceptions about it and then you know you'll have that so I just forgive people their uh, ignorance if you will and uh, say okay well look let's have a good time and uh, maybe you'll learn something while we're at it you know That's that's awesome. that's very generous of you. That, that's a that's very awesome. generous attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. open-hearted. It, is there are there like um, like specific examples about the way that you present the music um, that might lead people into deeper waters, uh, or is it? Do you just sort of have more faith in just your general like? Uh, your general delivery and your intention. Like, do you do you know what I mean? Like, how explicit is your delivery um, to like changing people's hearts? I guess. Well, well, absolutely. Uh, there's there's actually a song that I wrote. Yeah. Uh, now, now this was a long time ago. This goes back to like 1985. I wrote a song called "Where Reggae Comes From." Oh, Great. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it explains the whole background, the cultural, the social and political significance and of of, you know, what uh spurred the music, you know, what spawned the music. And um uh, it's like giving a little history lesson. Yeah. And uh it, that song came to me in a dream one night. Wow. And and when I woke up and, and in the dream, I was singing this song to like thousands of people and they were all singing it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then when I woke up, I like I wrote the whole thing down in like fifteen minutes. Music, music, and all. I mean, the whole wow. thing was just there in my head, and I wrote it down. Went back to sleep, and I got up the next day. And then uh, the guys that I was living with at the time, they were band members. And I said, "Well, look, I got the song that I just wrote, you know." Mm-hmm. And so we learned it. And fast forward, you know, a few years later, and that dream came true where we were singing this song to thousands of people, and they were all singing it back. I love this, like, pedagogical, like, reggae music. (laughs) (laughs) And and to this day, people still tell me, they still tell me that that song really explained a lot to them, and they still ask for it, and I still play it, you know? That's great. Um, Yeah. Man, a little hospitality, you know, goes a long way (laughs) to ingratiating Mm -hmm. yourself to a listener. I think in general, people like to feel in on something. And I think that people who are kind of co-opting it or appropriating it, I think that ultimately is where they're coming from, is that they want to feel like they're a part of something. And if you actually give them the information that they need in order to, like, be a part of it, then maybe even those people uh, can, like, find some deeper... 
um, deeper things. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, so some will, some won't. Well, you sure. know, and you just have to accept that. Yeah. You just just like planting seeds. You know, some will grow, some won't. But mm-hmm. you just faithfully go ahead, and you know, I, I like, I'm like a farmer. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just go out there and I, I plant and hope for a good crop, you yeah. know, and, and it's just all in the doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Have you, have you ever played with uh, any members of the Marley family or any of the Whalers? Absolutely. I've oh, played with, man. I've, I've opened for the Whalers several times. Uh, I've played with uh, Ziggy, Steven, uh, awesome. uh, um, I mean, all the brothers, Sadella. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I know them all. And wow. it's, it's just amazing to me that I've had, you know, the good fortune to cross paths with them and, and share the stage with them, share vibes with them. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's amazing the people that uh, this music has brought me in contact with. Hey, That's awesome. Have you ever felt any or have you ever felt any conflict about um, so so far? I feel like a lot of the music that we've listened to, which is just three albums so far, but like um, there's a lot of content that's specifically about uh, being Jamaican and Jamaican identity. Yes. And maybe some of those ideas are um, universal um, or or uh, co- are easy to compare, you know, to like mm-hmm. other um, experiences of people who aren't Jamaican. But like, have you ever felt any like conflict or uneasiness about like playing reggae music when its origins are so specific? Absolutely. Yeah, I have struggled with that. And I've had to, you know, give myself the pep talk several times and, and, and know, uh, be comfortable with who I am yeah. in the music and just know that, okay, well, I'm not a Jamaican. I'm an American guy who loves the music and I'm, I'm playing it and interpreting it as best I can. Right. But I know it, it will never be Jamaican reggae. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be different. It's going to sound different because I've got uh, a different life experience, a different cultural experience and different musical influences that are all going to come through in the way I present the music. Right. Mm-hmm. So as, as long as I know that and come at it honestly and say, OK, this is who I am. This is how I'm doing it. But all respect due to the originators. Right. And, and, and that's how I approach it. Which, to be know? fair, mm-hmm. it does seem to be a bit of a loop. Like we've already heard like, I don't know, like five. Curtis Mayfield songs so far in these three albums. Well, see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and see, and that, yeah, that's the thing too. You know, a lot of those guys were interpreting what they were hearing coming from the United States. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which is a lot of the same music I was listening to growing right, up. Right. So, like you said, it's a lot of cross pollination going sure. on. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, we were definitely hearing some. Yeah, in addition to just straight up covering the the songs by the Impressions or Curtis Mayfield. We were definitely hearing some like soul or R and B influences on on some of these songs. Or sometimes there yeah, would just be like a yeah. little. I I can't think of any specific examples, but there would just there would be an idea of a popular like R and B song that they would just completely mm-hmm. deconstruct and then like yeah. re- and put back together. And it's like I guess this is technically this song, but then they would <laughs> oh, just right. yeah. uh, it wasn't even a cover. Like, uh, one uh-huh. love. Yeah, like oh, yeah. One Love. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. that's um, People Get Ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and there are songs that, uh, you know, you can hear uh, some James Brown lyrics in. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think we even heard a James Brown cover also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and, you know, they've covered Beatles songs, and so... I just say, hey, you know, as, as long as you know where you're getting it from and not trying to pass it off as your sure. own, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think uh, interpretation is a good thing. 
man i think that's great it's it really seems like the reggae scene the the way you're describing it and the way you're approaching it it seems very open and welcoming without a lot of like uh not necessarily without gatekeeping, but with, you know, yeah, a welcoming aspect rather than like sort of a, a watchful, making sure people are getting it right aspect. Do you think, was, mm-hmm. is that accurate? Well, you know, I've had a lot of Jamaican guys come to me and just tell me how, how they love the way I, I do it, you know. That's the biggest mm-hmm. compliment. And, and that's, that's the highest compliment you can get, you know. They just love what I'm doing and love how I present it. And, and I, I, I have long since grown past the, the posturing of trying to be like this artist or that artist, mm. you know. It's like I've kind of I've come, come into my own voice in mm-hmm. it and i think i sing reggae more like a blues singer mm. you know oh. which is honest because i grew up listening to a lot of blues and a lot of soul you know mm-hmm. that's super interesting um let's see oh uh we we could do this at the end but uh just wanted to to make sure we if people hear it how can people hear your music i know there's there's carlosjones.com right right yeah but they can also find me on uh, spotify pandora itunes amazon um yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all over all of those uh streaming platforms and uh um yeah i, I mean i'm i'm pretty much out there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so check it out listeners i i specifically uh I recommend some of some of the songs that i i really like are uh where reggae comes from as carlos mentioned uh but also i think wicked and the cleveland beat are, are uh, a couple of two that just keep getting stuck in my head like they keep recurring i like those a lot yeah nice uh and a funny story about wicked uh that's actually a song that my brother wrote no way norm yeah yeah norm yeah norm wrote that wow yeah because uh when he first moved to the west coast he had a band that he had put together in uh, at bowling green university out here and the whole band moved out there and that was one of their their big tunes and i just like hey let me borrow this you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely become a crowd favorite of ours oh that's super cool <laughs> i didn't know that yeah. yep yeah, yeah. Nor, uh, uh, Carlos's brother Norm also has a uh, a music project called uh, Rhythm Child right. that does uh, children's music. Oh, great! Uh, I think for primarily that uh, yeah. is well worth checking out. Yeah, and it's not the it's not the like Barney "I Love You, You Love Me" kind of stuff. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty pretty funky, pretty uh, you know, pretty cool kind of stuff for kids. You know, mm-hmm. very positive too. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, uh, thank you for letting us just lob these questions at you. Yeah, um, we, we have no more. Doubt, man. I mean, I, okay, good. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure I was going to say I could yeah. talk more, man. Yeah, uh, sh- should we start talking about the album a little bit? Yeah, let's have a okay. soul shakedown party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is okay. uh, the best of the Whalers, 1971, uh, but it is not a compilation of any kind. Uh, and, and with like some of these early Bob Marley records, there's not a ton of info on Wikipedia, but I did end up going on the all music website and, uh, I was reading about how, uh, the producer Leslie Kong helped, helped the Whalers record this one. Uh huh. And uh, all music says that Kong was apparently so impressed with the strength of the music, he decided that best of best summed it up. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> which is a... Well, Do you not think that means what you think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to let you guys in on something if you don't know this already. But there's probably at least 50 albums out there that are all the same tracks, but all have a different title. What? 
Oh yeah, we were we were reading some of that. They were like released in different markets with different titles. Uh, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so this best of the waiters because I'm looking at the song list here and I was just like, okay, well, well, this was on uh, uh, you know uh, ranking Natty Roots and uh, it was mm-hmm. also on you know I mean there's just so many different titles that have all of those same songs and a lot of those songs have been recorded with different versions of them too. Gotcha. Oh yeah, yeah. We've already um. What is it? Was it Put It Put On? Put It On's happened twice, that, that, and then yeah, uh, Rude in, Boy in three albums has we... happened basically twice, although under different titles. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. should, we, squ- should yeah. we squash this beef, by the way, uh, Nathan? The what now? Okay, so <laughs> in, the fr- in the first album, there's this song called, oh, called right. Rude Boy. Are you familiar with this song, Carlos? Uh-huh. Uh, so I... I ask that because I don't know. I don't want to like assume that you have an encyclopedic knowledge of Bob Marley music. Do you? It's it's sounding a little bit like you do because well, you're saying like, oh yeah, these are well, all these albums and stuff. But we'll, we'll try. Okay, me. okay. So so rude boy. There's a moment in the song where they sing "Rude boy, Rob, rude boy, scrub," and. I took that, I had no idea what Rude Boy Scrob meant. So that's question number one. And question number two is, Mm -hmm. when they say Rude Boy Rob, I... I was assuming that they meant like rude boy, which I had gathered to mean like this is sort of like a, a a kind of a music genre or a cultural, a counterculture or something like rude boy. Um, and that he was saying, I am rude boy Rob, as in Bob, as in Bob Marley. And Nathan was saying, I think rude boy Rob means like it's a verb to Rob. And they're like condemning right, like, of the rude boy. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could. It wasn't capitalized when it said "rude yeah, boy but Rob." Yeah, we were reading on it, a lyric website. So I was you like, know, and <laughs> I was yeah. wondering if you had any <laughs> any input. If you could settle okay. this. Well, uh, are you ready for yes. the answer? Yeah, <laughs> Nathan's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, a, a rude boy refers to a certain type of uh, street tough okay mm-hmm. you know a, th- a thug if you will mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh, uh right around i want to say the late 60s early 70s uh the youth culture you know turned there were a lot of violence a lot of uh you know uh, g- young guys running around the streets robbing people and 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 you know stealing and busting up the place and uh so mm-hmm. that's what that refers to the rude boys you know i see okay yeah so bob marley never never went by uh okay. rude boy rob <laughs> no sir no see, no the, the context of the song i i mean in my perspective which is you know obviously very limited and like i don't know the context but I don't remember that many of the lyrics, but it's like, I've got to keep on moving. And then a couple other things, which didn't specifically seem like they were about condemnation of rude boy culture. You know, uh, so I had trouble like, well, yeah, it seemed like... Well, you, you, you know, uh, in a weird sort of a way, the rude boy culture was kind of glorified. You know, just like mm-hmm. the, you know, gangsters were in, right. in the United States, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, kind of like the Robin Hood kind of uh, uh, you sure. know, thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, to, to be honest, the, the government was co- considered corrupt and there was a lot of inequality and, and a lot of uh, oppression. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those who would, uh, you know, take what they wanted and take what they needed instead of asking for it, those were considered uh, kind of heroic actions. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah that that's something that's definitely some subtext we've been picking up from some of these songs is like jamaica's government after the um the independence definitely Uh seemed like it was uh 
not exactly the best or most representative or most inclusive uh, based on these songs at least right right yeah Yeah. unfortunately uh you know the dream wasn't realized uh, like they like everyone thought it would be you know once we win our independence then everything will be made of gold you know Mm -hmm. everyone will be rich Mm -hmm. yeah okay so uh oh yes uh the other question though do you happen to know what scrub oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, that's a, a term I'm not that familiar with, mm-hmm. but in the context, I'm kind of thinking it probably, you know, has something to do with roughing someone up, you know? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's, there's not a lot of resources uh, that we can search through, like on the internet or, or dictionaries, for instance, to to figure out some of these, um, like, Jamaican slang or Jamaican, like, dialect words. And so every once in a while we come across a word and we're like, I wonder what that means. <laughs> that does make sense in, in yeah. the context. Yeah, there is a yeah. to scrub. There, have you ever have you ever gone to JamaicanPatois.com? No, no, thank you. That's the resource we've been wanting. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's, that's exactly yeah. what we want. Okay, I'm opening <laughs> it up right want, now. Uh, oh, I just how do you yeah. spell patois? Because I'm at HugeDomains.com. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's where uh, I ended P- up. P o t o i s. P O T O I S. Okay, yeah. Jamaican. And 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 then uh, yeah, and then the uh, in the uh, web address it'll spell it a different way, but uh, you know actually uh, the web address spells it P A T W A H dot com. Jamaican Patois dot com. Ah. Oh yeah, there it is. Word of the day: guana, which means go to. I think we've yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we've encountered okay. that one. And then there is another one, uh, uh, Patois Dictionary, uh, at Jam and Reggae Archives, that's uh, at niceup.com. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so between those two, you ah, should find out perfect. a lot. Oh, that's Invaluable. so great. Thank you. That's the yeah. exact kind of resources we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. Now we don't have to go to Urban Dictionary ever again uh, <laughs> until the season's yeah. over. Very problematic yeah. website. <laughs> and, and, and see, and see, that's that's something else. You know, when we were talking about the cultural difference between, you know, the kind of reggae I play and 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 authentic Jamaican reggae. It's like when you listen to Jamaica sing reggae, sometimes the uninitiated won't really understand a lot of what's being right. said. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, the the uh, terminology being used that uh, American ears sure. aren't used to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, let's, let's talk about these songs. Uh, yeah. 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 Th- thanks yeah. for uh, settling that once and for all. I really appreciate that. And I, <laughs> I humbly yeah. <laughs> submit. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure I'm, yeah. I'm sure Nathan will split his winnings yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm feeling generous because Cameron has definitely schooled me. He, he's, he's been, he's been getting the best of me lately with, uh, he, there was one, uh, the black sheep of the of the family. Uh-huh. He, I was like not as aware as Cameron is that it has a uh, like a pejorative connotation. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so he won that one. So Thank that you for like, bringing that up, Nathan. Yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate that. <laughs> we can both yeah. win, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, which song should we talk about first? We we generally just to just to to let you know, Carlos. We generally don't talk about all of them. We we started the show talking about every single song and then we starting from number died. one through the end of the album <laughs> <laughs> we uh-huh. almost died when uh when we got to was it t-pain yeah t-pain broke us. where we stopped doing that <laughs> 
Yeah, because uh, <laughs> he's got albums with like 24, 25 songs, and we just had to stop. So now we sort of take a, a selection of the songs in no particular order. Okay. Yeah. Cameron, is there one you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, we, we, might as, we might as well start with uh, song number one. Yeah, Soul Shakedown Party. Mm-hmm. Special vacation. I need your concentration just to feed your vibration at that soul shaped down party tonight. You're gonna have a soul shaped down party tonight. Man, those harmonies. Yeah. Mm. Those are cool. Hey, so this song uh, just sounds like it's about fucking. Is that. <laughs> <laughs> is that accurate? I, I can't no, quite this, tell. No, this 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 is about a about a yard a party. A yard party. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, be, yeah because uh, you know, in Jamaica, the the big thing was to gather together in the town square or somebody's yard and put up huge speakers and just have a, a big dance party. Oh, very good. You know? Oh, so that makes a lot of sense. Because me, I was I was a little confused. It's all right when you put your arms around me in the context of a public dancing situation. Of dancing. Yes. Oh. Yes. 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 That makes sense because verse two is uh, Jane is in the backyard doing the outside dance. Doing the outside <laughs> dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Use your outside dance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes that makes a lot more sense. I was not as aware of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, that's that's very very helpful. There there is yeah, a cool. there's a T Pain song. Yeah. One of my favorites. Um, it's called "Rest in Peace to the Parking Lot." Uh, that's a oh, similar yeah. kind of thing. It's about throwing a parking lot uh, party, and um, the idea is the party's going to be so intense that the parking lot will be destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think they well, like, if it, yeah. Hey, if it's got to go, yeah. no better way to go, right? <laughs> if you yeah. got to sacrifice Destroy something in a parking love. lot, you know, it's a pretty good option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it can revert to a yard, and then we can have a, a soul yes. shakedown party. <laughs> there you go. Circle yeah. of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, like, now that now that we know what it's about, I think that makes the lyrics like much more straightforward. We're going to have a soul shakedown party tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the chorus. And then uh then there's the bridge. This is my invitation. I got the special vacation. I need your concentration just to feel your this vibration. This is still the the yeah. the second person in this though. This is still like to a a, a romantic interest, right? Yeah. Um yeah, you could say or, that. Yeah, or is this just all that. on like no. sort of a pamphlet that's like you is whoever's reading this. I need your love. <laughs> I need your love arm, love and arms around me just on every doorknob. He does say this is my invitation. Yeah. So maybe that's the yeah. brochure. Save the date. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, I, I think you could safely say that he's talking to a special uh, yeah. special lady. Say, mm-hmm. come on, let's go out to the dance, and uh, yeah, let's let's get it on. Mm-hmm. Good, get it yeah. on, meaning dance. I, I like that line. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. But you know, you'll you'll find that in a lot of these a lot of these songs, there can right. be a double meaning. You know, and mm-hmm. and they do that intentionally mm-hmm. to kind of kind of right. sex it up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see that in, uh, yeah, verse one that Cameron was referring to. When you put your love and arms around me and you hold me tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that I mean, that's that's dancing, but it's also, it sounds a lot like um, pop songs from the 60s or 70s that are sort of obliquely referring to having sex. So it's not right, sex, but right, it's not right. not sex. Okay, great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a good way yeah, of putting it. Yeah, I hope it. I get to have not yeah. not sex tonight. <laughs> 
if I don't not get lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, baby, can we yeah. dance tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I got the special vacation. Yeah, I got the special <laughs> invitation, you know? Yeah. I like that line. You're the special vacation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like uh-huh. just the, the dance party is like its own little mini vacation. Yeah, I like the, that idea. That, I love yeah. it in songs when you hear two lyrics. I mean, maybe that's a precedented thing to say in reggae music, but like I've never heard special vacation. I've got the special vacation. Like that's sort of like a new, it's like an invented vernacular just for this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, they take a lot of poetic license, you know, and, and, and especially when it comes to reggae songs, you know, you hear things put, put the way you've never yeah. heard them put before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. There's be- definitely been some like, really neat turns of phrase that we've encountered uh even yeah. uh, even so far what is this album number four yes. cameron yeah yeah we've been definitely like um seeing some of the uh the more like uh uh interesting sort of in- inventions sort of coming forward as they're coming into their own as oh, songwriters s- speaking of um, which here, here's another one that we could have used your help on earlier so there's this they do the song put it on they've done it twice so far in the discography um mm-hmm. and all of the sources yeah. that we could find about it which we had no reason to necessarily trust were they were saying that put it on is in reference specifically to the armor of god as in like the ephesians thing do you think there's okay. any legitimacy to that uh you know i have always felt personally that put it on uh meant uh smoking of a good marijuana cigarette oh Uh uh-huh yeah put it on a good buzz you know Uh yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) because we're we're so helpless out here carlos (laughs) 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 you know and and like i said you know a lot of things are open to interpretation but Mm -hmm. uh you know my my way of of, because i i sing that song a lot too so i'm gonna put it on in the morning i'm gonna put it on at night you know Mm -hmm. anytime anywhere when i get you're going to put a a jazz cigarette i'm gonna put on your lips (laughs) yes that's right the devil's lettuce yeah one of the one of those one of those reefers you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um is wait is marijuana is that legal in jamaica or is it still outlawed you know it, it just only recently became i want to say less criminalized yeah. uh-huh in some areas of jamaica uh, but up until like maybe a year or two ago it was definitely not legal at all and a lot of people uh were imprisoned and even died yeah. because of cultivation of it wow that is Wow. Yeah, that's um we I get the the feeling from some of these these song lyrics um that Rastafarians who I, I believe they, they they consider like the smoking of the ganja like sort of a uh, that almost would explain like a the lyric, is that right? The Lord, I thank yeah, you uh, in yeah. the put it on song if it is indeed about weed. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Definitely considered sacramental, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there's almost this idea of like they're being specific, almost like specifically targeted or oppressed by the Jamaican government. Um, much the same way that like civil rights or counterculture uh, people in the U S were targeted by our war on drugs. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The Rastafarians were, were spurned uh, not only by the government and, and law enforcement, but by polite right. society in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, this is all going back to Rude Boy. So like, do you think, is there an element of, if that song is a condemnation of Rude Boy culture, um, is, are, are the whalers in that song trying to differentiate themselves? Um, 
they're saying like we may not be like necessarily polite society but we're also not gangsters yeah yeah you know and it's kind of you know uh, kind of paradoxical because in some instances the whalers took on sort of a rude boy kind of affectation you know Mm -hmm. but then at the same time in later songs would would be seen to try to counsel their younger brothers to not go that route it was a do Mm -hmm. as i say not as i do kind of thing (laughs) right Uh, uh, not as not as i did yeah right Mm -hmm. yeah it seems like they're trying to enjoy i mean we've only listened to a few albums so far but it's like it seems like sometimes they're trying to enjoy uh swagger without necessarily Mm -hmm. um, right uh Incur- yeah, endorsing, endorsing violence. violence? Or, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's another thing about yeah, Rastafarianism is like I we don't know that much about it. Just like the little that we've that we've read in preparation mm. for this season. Like uh, mm. sin- I, I'm assuming you've um, encountered a fair amount of Rastafarian folks. Yeah. Yes, I would say so. Um, mm-hmm. To what extent have in your experience, like hanging out with reggae musicians and collaborating with reggae musicians, like how many of them are actually Rastafarians? Well, you got to understand that, you know, not every reggae musician is a Rasta and not every right. Rasta is a musician, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and some can be Rasta uh, for convenience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the look and for the, you know, for the sure. perks, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then some are deeply spiritual. Um, yeah, the, it runs the whole spectrum. You know, I've, I've hung out with guys, you know, who wear dreads, but couldn't, you know, couldn't care the least about any of the Rasta, right. you know, religion. Mm-hmm. And then I've hung, I've hung with elders who, you know, lived in the camps and endured the, the brutality and, 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 you know, yeah, elders, you know, mm-hmm. who have seen it all and and are trying to spread the message of true mm-hmm. Rastafarianism. Mm-hmm. You know? were, um, can can you explain a little bit the camp? Were there were there camps that they were rounding yeah. up Rastas into? Uh, well, there you know there were camps because uh, 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 Rasta separated themselves from from oh. Babylon. You know, yeah, yeah. Rasta separated themselves from what they considered to be Babylon society. So they're self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, camps. and, and wanted right so they okay. could live a more sp- uh, cleaner and gotcha. more spiritual life. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just kind of like the the. Uh, I'm glad you Amish clarified, dude, Nathan. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got camps on the yeah. brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, why don't we talk about the the song Can't You See? Let's take a listen to that. Okay. This song reminds me so much of a Beatles oh, yeah. song uh-huh. um, yeah. from yeah, yeah. Revolver. Uh, uh-huh. It's called I Want to Tell You. And yes. uh, I have a little sound sample that I can play so we can compare. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, something about the like the the way the melodies go and the and the background vocals. I was just like, oh, what is this? This is making me think of that one Beatles song. And, and kind of like that. Uh, I don't know. Kind yeah. of a pleading tone. Mm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 In fact, these are almost like. These could be lyrics from a Beatles song, actually. The chorus here. Can't you see what you're doing to me? I say, girl, I am bound. Won't you set me free? Set me free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so he's held captive, you know, by, you know, he's he, captivated by this by this girl, you know. Mm-hmm. And can't you see what you're doing to me? And, and it's almost like the words fail me. I, I You know, I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, so you're yeah. Yeah. In, in this... I was when I heard this these lyrics, I kind of assumed that these people were already in a relationship and that there was some sort of um, uh, imbalance of power in the relationship extent. That's how I was. Listening oh, to. so set me free is like set me free is like I want to be I free, be of, free the of the relationship, or I want to like like let's. Um, you know, like reassess like the way things are going or something. Uh, but <laughs> well, well, well. Could couldn't it be like uh, he feels like he's a fish on a yeah. hook? You know, mm-hmm. and so and so uh, they might not already be in a relationship. Maybe she's she's just got him hooked, mm-hmm. and and he can't. He feels like he can't get away right. from her you because know? because mm-hmm. of her uh, dirty not tricks. That he, yeah, as in the song, <laughs> do dirty tricks, girl. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know what those. They tricks sound really be, mean. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Does he really say dirty? You no, know, I'm reading the the, the lyric. Uh, there, this song was really hard to find the lyrics of, um, or not this song, but this album in general. But oh. I'm reading like a Google search mm-hmm. lyrics, and it says, "Told me you love me. Try to break oh. my heart. Do dirty tricks, girl. You got to be smart." Oh, uh, so I, I'm on the genius. If you search for shakedown. Uh, the album named Shakedown uh, that has, I think, wow. all or most of the songs from this album, mm-hmm. probably released that's, under a different name. Yeah, like that's Carlos another one of those albums, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the genius says for that line, "You do that new trick, girl. You got to be smart. You got a heart that's made of stone." Oh, I like that. That's that's fun. That's a cool little uh, internal rhyme. You uh-huh. do that new trick, girl. You got to be smart. You got a heart Ooh. that's made of stone. That's fun. I like that. So yeah. I wonder what that new okay. trick is. That's a whole different meaning. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah there's definitely there's um there's been a couple songs talking about uh women having tricks there there was that one that like jackson five sort of sounding song um a couple albums ago where uh was it what's his name Ju- oh, was it junior uh, yeah uh, junior braithwaite yeah. yeah 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 and he was singing super high uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, was, I can't think of the name of the song, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, wow. They, they, uh, it, it's funny how uh, the, uh, one lyric can be interpreted one way and yeah. it can be heard a whole different way, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could interpret it uh, dirty tricks or the new trick as like using your feminine sure. wiles, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 to snare someone or to keep someone in turmoil or off balance or whatever. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. yeah, the, this, yeah. these lyrics are way better than I'm reading from the uh, genius.com. <laughs> um, because, like the lyric, don't break my heart, <laughs> I bid you to go because I'm flesh and bone. This just sounds like a person who's just like standing up for themselves and, uh, and not being a, mm. not, mm-hmm. uh, we've encountered a lot in, in this, in not, this not show, one. like songs from men who are blaming women for the way that they're making the men feel. 
<laughs> but I, mm-hmm. and, and it's usually pretty mm-hmm. questionable, but like, um, I, I don't know. I feel like I give the, the speaker in this song a benefit of a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I like this verse too. It's got some interesting stuff. Here comes the high, you shatter my brain. You have no conscience. Ain't that a shame? Told me you love me. Tried to break my heart to do such a trick girl. <laughs> you gotta be smart. So, <laughs> some very, uh, uh, unexpected turns that that takes there. Yeah. You shatter my brain. That is what? that is a really cool image. Yeah. <laughs> it blows his mind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sounds painful. Well, it's, you know, it's it's a it's a tale right. as old as time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a different song. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what the Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's kind of like uh, the, the whole piece. Samson right. and Delilah thing, you know. Yeah. Uh in in this case, the speaker of the song is is Beauty and yes. uh she is the beast. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's really yeah. deep, Nathan. Okay. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, bringing that depth oh, to know. the show. Oh, I know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carlos, what do you want to All listen right. to? Um, or, I mean, what should, we, what should we talk about next? Oh, uh, what do you think about the song Caution? Oh, yes. Let's take a listen to that. man those vocals it sounds yeah, so good right. now that's 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 one yeah. chilling song you know so mm-hmm. th- i so, uh <laughs> it, you know you you wonder okay so so what inspired this song you mm-hmm. know what, what's it about because they're talking about the road is wet black soul is black as jet you know the road is hot you got to do better than that when it's wet it's slippery when it's mm-hmm. when it's when it's damp it's cramping if you sl- if it's sliding you'll tumble down won't want you on the ground okay what do you mm-hmm. what do you mean <laughs> right yeah is it is it um is it like a political statement um I, i'm thinking of uh the song pressure drop which is also like if i remember right doesn't explicitly uh say like come right out and say that it's a warning but it's basically if, if i remember right it's basically saying something like yeah you better watch out because things are going to change real quick and right. then pressure is uh, going to drop on you yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so is it is it sort of the same idea this song it sounds like a warning. I mean, after all, the name is Caution. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, the first line goes, I'm walking down the street and children, everything's so sweet. I'm doing my best and doing it slow. But there's mm-hmm. one thing I want you to know. So it sounds like what he's saying that when, just when it seems like everything is great, watch it because everything so can Carlos, change in a split t- second. It, it mm-hmm. sounds to me like you're, you're saying that this song isn't about a literal road. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Oh. I, I, I think it's more about like uh, uh, the, li- the road of life. Oh. Uh. Cameron, did you think it was some sort of traffic, like safety PSA? <laughs> Here's the scene. They're, they're, they're playing a show and um, on, there was a lot of accidents on the way to the show. So they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we just wrote this new song for everyone. Drive home safe tonight. Walk <laughs> home safe. Bike home safe. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's more philosophical. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're talking about life, you know. When, when you think you got it made, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the road mm-hmm. gets wet, it's slippery, you know, you could slide, you could fall, you could tumble, you know. I really mm-hmm. like yeah. the lyric, when it damp, it cramping. Uh-huh. I like that yeah. a lot. 
is so is is in terms of like the warning like who is this warning to is it warn is it warning like people who are oppressing other people or is it more of a warning towards just a generalized person to say like hey you know make sure you're careful because when things look good they can still fall apart right right i think it's a general word of warning okay you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know i mean it, it says here and the children everything is so sweet you know so uh, maybe they're cautioning, you know, their peers or, or their community or, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that lyric. I'm doing my best and I'm doing it slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's a really, a really rare, um, a rare sentiment uh-huh. in, uh, in, in popular music in general. Um, mm-hmm. The only other example I can think of off the top of my head is... Uh, Oh shoot! What's that? Feeling song? groovy? Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. You're going too fast. Yeah, one. Right? Thank you. That's the one. That is the one. Okay. Good. 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 Good call, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love that song. My dad yeah. hates it and thinks it's super cheesy, but I'm like, no, this song is awesome. <laughs> that song rules. That song so does, good. You know, and you know what it reminds me of. Whenever I think of that song or hear that song, it reminds me of when I was a kid getting on uh, my first airplane on our way to Germany. Oh. And they had the piped-in music, mm-hmm. and that song was playing. <laughs> wow. You know? uh-huh. And I was I was just feeling so groovy at that moment. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, because you you grew up at least part of your childhood in germany is that right oh uh, yeah we spent a, a good two and a half two yeah two and a half years there we because uh, my dad was in the service so uh oh. yeah we lived over there in the uh mid 60s okay did you did you pick up any german while you were over there yeah i wouldn't say picked up you mm-hmm. know i mean i i learned some numbers uh, they were teaching it to us in school but uh, we were in school with a bunch of american kids whose parents were also there in the service mm-hmm. um so it didn't really stick Mm-hmm. You know, whereas my wife, uh, who coincidentally also lived a good part of her life in Germany in the same area, as a matter of fact. Whoa, no way. Uh, yeah, yeah, at the same time. So we were probably in each other's space at some point, but, you mm-hmm. know, didn't know each other. But uh, she speaks fluent German. Wow. Huh. That's cool. I, I always really appreciate when I associate a song with a very specific time and place. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it really takes me back to just like listen to a song like, oh, I was right here at this exact yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. You can place yourself right at that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So right. caution. Yeah. Caution. Yeah. Uh, don't. So I think uh, we, we, we got that one nailed down, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Let's see. What else should we talk about? Uh, I want to um, go to Stop the Train. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Song number two. Here we go. <clears throat> I kind of appreciate how on this album there are just like in the the song caution there are some really interesting metaphors that are not made 100% explicit and I feel like that is often rare in pop music right. like you, you generally know when they say you know that she says she's all about that bass you, you pretty much know what she's talking about <laughs> <laughs> So all that to say that I don't know if I totally understand what this song is about. 
Okay, so I'm thinking if you put yourself in the mind, try to put yourself in the mind of the writer, mm-hmm. he's either talking about himself or talking about a character who feels like he hasn't been able to really make any progress, gain any ground, you know, in the things he's tried to do. So he's getting out of town. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so he's like, Str- he, he wants to make sure quitting. that. Right. Yeah. All yeah. about strategic quitting, you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah, the best like, thing that was yeah. never taught to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, this ain't working, so I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea is he's like, he's saying, don't leave without me. He's like running to catch the train. He's like, wait, wait, I need to be on that train so I can get out of this situation I'm in. Right. Okay. There is so Stop much. That train. Um, there is so much weight to the phrase, it won't be too long, whether I'm right or wrong. That's such a good mm-hmm. lyric. That is just so mm-hmm. dense with meaning. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, it's, 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 so, it's so cool, the shorthand they use to, to get an idea across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just the, the, the uh, perfect amount of wording to convey this meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I said, all my good life, I've been a lonely man teaching my people who don't understand. And even though I've tried my best, I still can't find no happiness. Shoot, this so is I, this is like a uh, almost like a, like when Jesus says like uh, shake the dust from yeah. your sandals. Yeah, like it's like yeah, you, you go and you try to teach people and they just don't listen. So you just yeah. gotta like move on and get out of there. Yeah, I think a lot. Yeah, yeah. About um, th- this song reminded me of my friend Jake Blunt, who's one of the very few um, uh, black people who's uh, playing. Um, Appalachian string band music still Mm -hmm. um and he does that for a living and uh every year or so he just sends me a Facebook message and he's just like I think I'm gonna quit (laughs) (laughs) you know because like he for a living basically has to mostly play to wide audiences and some of them Mm -hmm. are great and some of them are a real bummer and he has had to like you know endure so many microaggressions and just straight up aggressions like from people yeah because Mm -hmm. he's he's not just entertaining he's trying to he's trying to teach um Mm -hmm. and unlike uh carlos (laughs) your uh farmer analogy uh i mean if he's a farmer sometimes he's using some weed killer and it pisses some people Uh, off (laughs) and i think he's right uh, too (laughs) you know but like uh yeah i was just thinking about him like listening to this song because you know (laughs) in order for him to (laughs) do what he does he has to just like always have in the back of his mind like okay i at some point i might need to like either at least take a break (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah teaching people who don't understand yeah yep yeah yeah lonely you know yeah totally um yeah and it takes a it takes a lot of mental and spiritual fortitude to 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 brave those winds you know yeah Mm -hmm. and then sometimes uh it, it takes uh, fortitude to like be willing to like quit. Yeah, <laughs> and right. reassess yeah, to, to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. bend before you break. Right. Yeah. I al- this also this is a much like uh, this is a much smaller example, but uh, I used to teach music at this after school program, um, and uh, a lot a lot of my students were piano students, and they would always be getting ready for their challenge piece recital at the end of the semester. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, around halfway through the semester, I'd be like, all right, so you got a hundred measures in this song. You can play decently, maybe five of them and <laughs> you've got, you know, two months <laughs> left. <laughs> so like, 
mm-hmm. let's talk about how you're going to, what are we going to have to do in order for you to be able to perform something at the recital? <laughs> you know, and they'll like fight me. They're like, no, I want to do every ornamentation. I want to do like all this. I'm like, all right, let me tell you what you're going to have to do in order to make that dream happen. Are you going to do that? And usually they're like, no. Or sometimes they're like, yeah, uh, I'll practice an hour every day. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> but usually it ends up being like, okay, let's like in this section, let's uh, turn this like four note chord. Let's turn it into a two note chord, you know, and like <laughs> let's simplify this rhythm. It's like, let's do some strategic quitting um, so that you can get something done, but, uh, but not try to like bite off more than you can chew and then have a meltdown when it's time for you to play at the recital and you have and you only have you know 10 measures of a song that you can play really well but it's uh, not a whole song yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. <laughs> yeah strategic quitting <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah yeah all right uh, uh I, I was, should we go on to another well, song I, I wanted to mm-hmm. highlight a few musical things that i really liked oh, about this okay. song too sorry i know i'm taking yeah. up some space but um i really like the man spreading the background vocals in the second verse can you play those yeah some <laughs> I really like yeah, that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and see, and that that's straight up soul, man. You know, that's yeah. soul singing. Yeah, it feels like oh, a real yeah. throwback song, like not a specifically reggae sound. Although the guitar mm-hmm. is definitely doing the reggae. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I was hearing like you know yeah, those backing vocals reminded me of Temptations. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Interesting. So oh. some more like jazzy uh-huh. kind of elements that I heard in this. Um, there's a lead guitar part that's really simple, but it's playing the sixth degree of the, of the chord. Um, but it's not. It's like it's just playing one note on top of some on top of the comping um, as sort of a melody note. Um, so I think the songs in C. And when it's playing the C, when the band's playing the C chord, it's just playing an A chord. And when the band's playing an F mm. chord, it's playing a. Uh, sorry, when the band's playing a C chord, it's playing an A note. And when I was gonna say, when yeah. the band's playing an F chord, it's playing a. <laughs> a, a uh, the guitar's playing a D note. Um, yeah, and I think it sounds was, really cool. <laughs> I was wondering how an A no, chord. No, it's not was like a bar talk song <laughs> against a <laughs> C major, A major. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's right there. Don't, 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 don't. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Man, some people can get get so much out of just one note. Like, um, I know we've brought up this example before, but there is a, there's a song by Radiohead called The National Anthem yeah. that has a, a Barry Sax on it that is just hanging out on one well, note. Well, it's two or, notes. Or is it maybe two notes? Yeah. But, yeah. But, but a lot of it is just the, the one note. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sounds so good. Um, yeah, you know, and and uh, I I'm sure you guys might have noticed that a lot of times, well, almost all the time in reggae music, the guitar there'll be a guitar player uh, shadowing the bass rhythm, mm. you know, the bass pattern, you know, and so it gives the bass pattern a certain edge because the guitar is playing right on top of right. it. Right. Oh, like is it playing the same thing like an octave this, up? The the same thing. Yeah. An uh, octave okay. Up. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, and that happens. Uh, that that's kind of like a, a, a basic uh, structure of reggae music. Interesting. And now, in a lot of these songs, you'll find 
uh, the guitar player playing a line that's opposite or kind of like uh, counterpoint to the bass line. Just mm-hmm. filling like, in the uh, spots that the bass w- is leaving out? Yeah, like like it, it, once we get to number 10, do it twice, though, that's a perfect example of it. Mm. Ah, yeah. Should we take that as a segue yeah, to go do to, uh, to do it twice? Yeah, let's go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, check it out. One more thing I'd like to say right here Baby, but you just won't let me I'd like to say Baby, you're so nice I'd like to do the same thing twice Yeah Baby, you're so nice I'd like to Oh, yeah. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I hadn't thought about like those two instruments in, like specifically interacting with each other in that in that also, way, and that's really the cool. envelope on both the guitar and and the bass is like really small. Like they just hit those rhythms and then disappear. Right. So you can exactly. hear it like how exactly. it fits together, very puzzle like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way I've always thought of of the structure of reggae is kind of like a machine with gears and how the teeth mesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and and so the you know every tooth is in its perfect spot it's never going to go anywhere but that spot mm-hmm. you know and that's what it makes the whole machine work hey, yeah. here's a question um if you could talk shop a little bit may, uh i get sometimes very nerdy on this show so feel free to get as specific as you want but like um <laughs> so th- you're you're talking about the stru- the rhythmic structure of reggae music um mm-hmm. how much uh variation is there from song to song in like the way that these songs are put together and like what is there a central through line that makes it reggae and like how far can you push that before it's not reggae anymore you know what i'm saying well well you know reggae is as varied as blues music as jazz i mean there's so many different aspects and facets to it and so you can have it you know it can be slow it can be fast um you know it it seems like as long as you have that that counterpoint like that that downbeat and the guitar counterpoint Mm. to it you know that's that's what makes it reggae but of course you know there's all different kinds of variations within that structure Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah so like you you you, you, i don't know if you've heard the term the the term one drop yeah i don't know what it means i've heard of it yeah 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 well one drop is the drumming style that is like you know the central central to reggae music and it's it's kind of like that uh that one in three like one right yeah you know and then the guitar fits between the the one and the three you know so the guitar is on the two and four okay yeah mm-hmm. and so that, that that's the basic structure of of roots reggae but then of course sky's like but you know you still have that you know still have that and one and you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's like once you start to analyze it and see all the different ways you can play it you know mm-hmm. it kind of it, it gets pretty huh. mind-blowing okay so that's that's sort of like what what you're or part of what you were getting at earlier with like the machine thing where different yeah. instruments are like kind of in different places or emphasize different beats and then when right. you put them all together it's like they're like interlocking almost exactly it's like uh, and then there's such such uh, uh uh you know specific and intricate parts of the machine and and they create so much space Mm-hmm. You know, even though there may be a lot going on, there's a lot of space, you know, because nothing's stepping on anything else. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, that makes yeah. A lot the of only sense. it seems like the only instrument that's like that's like prolonged and takes up a lot of space um, and and sort of stretches out are the vocals. And like everything uh-huh. else, basically, like uh, is is pretty percussive. It's like everyone's playing the drums on their own instrument. Exactly, exactly. And and then going back to what drew right. me into uh, uh, reggae music was the percussive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yep, and then the vocals just kind of ride over top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, should we uh, should we talk about what this song is about yes. a little bit? Uh, it's, do, it, do it twice. Do okay. it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things that can be interpreted in multiple ways. <laughs> so this is about dancing, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it could be the hor- the horizontal okay. mambo. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, I know you have one, but maybe we should talk about where babies come from. (laughs) (laughs) For the Patreon listeners. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Bonus episode. Um, Yeah, but I think when he says, baby, you're so nice, I like to do the same thing twice. I think you can safely assume that he's uh, not talking about dancing out in the yard. (laughs) (laughs) Not the outside dance. (laughs) The inside dance. dance. (laughs) Yeah, the inside dance. Yeah, this is the inside dance. that's the name of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There we go. We found it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. You know that I love you, baby, but you just won't let me. You know that I love you. Oh, and then here Genius helpfully has uh, you and then a bunch of extra letter U's. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Baby, but you just won't let me. Every morning I get up, I sip my cup. My eyes get red. No one to hear me. One more thing I'd like to say right here. Uh, He keeps emphasizing that, baby, you just won't let me. You just won't let me. Yeah. So he's pleading, baby, just give me some, okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he he lives in the woods alone. No wonder he's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. he needs her he yeah. needs her company yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep and now uh, um uh, to that sip my cup reference mm-hmm. uh that's not a cup of coffee okay, he's great. talking about interesting is it a cup yeah. of marijuana it is no it is. no way i was making a joke is that really it yeah no no oh. it is, it is. He's, he's talking about hitting the chalice which oh. is which is like a a, a, a bong like apparatus made out from oh, a coconut. Oh no way! Oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, I thought his he was eyes maybe, get red. You know. Yeah, I thought he was maybe like getting a little day drunk right in the morning, but uh, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if this is supposed to be like kind of funny or like charming, but I like I like that the lyric is "I live in the woods alone. I need your company, baby. Woods alone." I need your company. <laughs> yeah, are alone. you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, what's alone? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if that's not a blues yeah. line, I don't know what is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the way he yes. repeats it. That's good. Um, all right. Should, do we have time for one more, do you think? Or should we start wrapping it up? Yeah, I'm down, I'm down for another run. I, I kind of okay. wanted to talk about Go Tellin' on the Mountain. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's give that a shot. Yeah, so this is I mean it, it I, there's a there's a Wikipedia article about this song that's really interesting um, because it it started as a uh, Christmas well it says it's considered a Christmas carol but specifically the the original lyrics 
are explicitly talking about go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Christ is born. Right. right. And then it says here, according to religious studies and civil rights historian Charles Marsh, it was African-American civil rights leader uh, Fannie Lou Hamer who combined this song with the spiritual Go Down Moses, taking the last line of the chorus, Let My People Go, and substituting it in the chorus of Go Tell It on the Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is the, the version that uh, the Wailers sing here. And uh, I think they did that, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary like made a very popular version of uh, that that rewrite. Absolutely. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if that's where they heard yeah. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could be. Uh, quite possibly. But, you know, um, uh, there was a, a very, very uh, religious and gospel-based, um, you know, segment of the population in Jamaica uh, that align themselves with, uh, you know, the scriptures and, you know, uh, um, I, I wouldn't say a, a Baptist uh, religion, but uh, probably more uh, uh, African Episcopal right. or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so a lot of songs were adapted from those gospel tunes. Mm-hmm. those gospel hymns and then you know uh, whatever lyrics were substituted or to to give it uh meaning specific to and rastafari singer, you know? too mm-hmm. isn't rastafarianism uh considered like part of the same it's like an offshoot of um the like a jewish and christian like tradition like an abraham and abraham uh, yes but like it's sort of like a um, uh like a retcon <laughs> like a <laughs> or not that those religions aren't also, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely is, is you know, uh, based upon uh, uh, King Solomon and Queen Sheba, you know, and uh, uh, giving rise to, uh, you know, the the emperor of right. Ethiopia uh, being mm-hmm. the second coming or, you know, the right. Uh, right. God incarnate, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the and um, I think I was also reading earlier that um, Bob Marley was raised Catholic, or maybe he went to a Catholic school or something too. So yeah, he, yeah, he he went briefly to a Catholic school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So let's see that the, the uh, they've got they've got these uh, lines that don't generally appear in like the Christmas version of this song. Who's there yonder dressed in red? Set my people free. Um. Who's that yonder dressed in red? Must be the children that Moses led. Is is that from mm-hmm. the um? Is that from Go Down Moses? It seems like some kind of uh, uh, amalgamation of, of, you know, the Go Down Moses. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not familiar enough with the song to say, mm-hmm. but uh, the people that Moses led, they, those were Israelites, right? Right, yeah. And and don't, is is there a connection between like Rastafarian and, and uh, like one of the tribes of Israel or am I confusing no, with something you're, else you're you're absolutely correct you know there's a sect of rastafarianism that's uh, called the 12 tribes of, oh interesting of i didn't know they were oh related. okay yeah ah. yeah and a matter of fact uh, a lot of times you'll see the star of david in ethiopian colors oh you know? uh-huh yeah used in uh rastafarian uh iconography mm-hmm. yeah so isn't that interesting yeah yeah there's a lot to yeah. unpack here 
I'm telling you, man. So many layers. See, this, <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they hear reggae music and they take it all on the surface and they think it's all about smoking weed mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they've never been exposed to any of this stuff. And so I try to at least, to at least scratch the surface and lead them to want to investigate and, and see what I'm talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And even the, and even the weed yeah, smoking has uh, more depth than... <laughs> Yeah, it has more yeah. depth and more meaning than just yeah right yeah and uh i mean yeah the, i and i totally get that too because i'm actually I've, I've been reading this book by uh michael um not palin paul michael Pollan called um how to change your mind which is about uh or not not hallucinogenic uh psych psychedelic drugs lsd mm -hmm. and mushrooms mostly and he he talks about like there are some religious scholars who believe that all human religions derive from taking like psychedelic drugs, whether on purpose or accidentally and just how, like how some of these natural things from nature may have influenced this, the uh, development of human culture or spirituality in some way. Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, Carlos, do you have any like, yeah. Closing thoughts to like, um, to wrap up this album and like I, things for us to look for as we're going forward through the discography and, uh, just like set us on the right path. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you know, this this is. I know you guys are like yeah. about four deep into it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and these songs here, I mean, this is still early stuff. This is still early, early Bob, early Whalers. This is before he split off and became, you know, the legend yeah. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Mm -hmm. You know, this this is still Peter Bunny and Bob. Mm -hmm. You know. And so uh, a lot of people don't know this older stuff. And, uh, you know, um, once you start getting getting into the later albums where, you know, uh, like uh, Natty Dread, uh, uh, Exodus. I mean, that's when you start really, you know, getting into the deep vein of, of specifically Bob Marley's, you know, writing. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, this is, this is, uh, you know, it's a good starting point, mm -hmm. but, uh, you're just right getting on. off the launch pad here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally see that. Like, I think, um, we, I, we didn't talk about the credits, but I think many of the songs we talked about and many of the songs on this album are written by Peter Tosh. By Peter Tosh. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I mean, he was, he, I mean, he, uh, uh, Bob, Peter and Bunny were equals, um, but because of the, you know, promotional machinery that was put behind Bob, you know, he was the one that really got the push mm -hmm. and, and got turned into, you know, hmm. the icon mm -hmm. and, and kind and, and kind of, uh, left Peter and Bunny in the, in huh. the, in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, and and I, I I'll say that there was there was definitely something about Bob that that set him apart. Still, mm -hmm. um, he just had this persona and had this quality, had this 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 deep, uh, almost mystical uh, quality about him that just gave him a little mm -hmm. bit more of an edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's a, so. he's sort of a prophet almost in some ways. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know. Um, and, and some people say, you know, uh, that even as a child, he was able to, to read people's fortunes, you know, mm -hmm. um, and just, he, he just had something about him that, uh, seemed, um, I don't know, huh. I don't want to say, I don't want to say supernatural, uh -huh. but, um, just a, a little bit more, uh, 
uh, more than the normal human hmm. being. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and not to say that he didn't have his his uh, human frailties and, and failings. You know, as he was a he was a man. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, he definitely had a talent that uh, was hard to hard to equal. Totally great. Well, yeah, thank Carlos. you so much for for coming on our show, Carlos. This has been so oh, great. Man. It's been yeah, yeah. it's been so awesome to just have some uh, much needed expertise and and guidance here. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm still learning myself. You know, I, I just recently picked up a book called Bass Culture, B-A-S-S mm-hmm. Culture, When Reggae Was King. Oh. And, I mean, this is almost like a Bible here. It talks about Jamaica before the music ever came about. It talks about what was going on uh, uh, socially and culturally and what spawned the music and then all of the different uh, uh, phases it went through. I, I think it's a must read for anybody wanting to know more about reggae music. Wow, and uh, it's 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 been teaching me some things that that I didn't know. So it's it's good to go back and 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 pick up these things and give me a background to what it is that has held me uh, captive for so long mm-hmm. and has improved the quality of my life. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another one that I'm going to recommend called the Encyclopedia of Reggae, the Golden Age of Roots Reggae. Oh. And uh, yeah, uh, so that's by Mike Elaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So base base cultures by Lloyd Bradley and Encyclopedia of Reggae by Mike Elaine. And uh, anybody who wants to learn more about this music should pick those up, mm-hmm. read it, and then pass it on. Great. Yeah, we should check those out. Yeah, and uh, Car- also check out Carlos Jones uh, on uh, all of the all of the places <laughs> wherever you. Yeah, find your yeah, yeah. All over the internet. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm on there, and yeah. uh, we're actually working on a new album as we speak. Awesome. And so that'll be coming out in 2020. Mm-hmm. That's great. Hell yeah. yeah. And if, if any of our listeners leave, live in the Cleveland area, definitely go check out a show. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we have a good time. Awesome. All right. Well, until next week where we listen to Catch a Fire, which is uh, the first release on Island Records and I think probably one of their biggest like early successes. Um, Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, 1973. We're going to talk about that next week. Until then, you can uh, go to our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. You can email us at email at boxset.website. Uh, go to our website at <laughs> boxset.website. Um, if you could write us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Or just click on the stars. Either one. They're both good. Uh, and you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool and involves Cameron talking to musicians. I wish you and would. And playing with musicians. I wish you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and uh, I got the special vacation. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm in the backyard (laughs) doing my outside dance. All right, I love it. uh, This is Carlos Jones, and I've really enjoyed being on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Carlos. All right, bye-bye. I don't think we specifically warned you that we like play the (laughs) sound samples live. (laughs) We do like the intro and the outro music and like... Uh, That's cool. Yeah.